0: Good morning, and welcome to the Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Blog Talk Radio. I am John Mills, co-founder of eCare Diary, and your host for today's show. May is Better Hearing and Speech Month, and today we will talk tinnitus. Our guest today is Glenn Schweitzer, an entrep- entrepreneur, blogger, and the author of Rewiring Tinnitus and Mind Over Maneurs. He is passionate about helping others who suffer from tinnitus and vestibular disorders, and volunteers as an ambassador board member for the Vestibular Disorders Association. Through his blogs, he continues to raise awareness for tinnitus, Meniere's disease, and other vestibular disorders, spreading his message of hope to those in need. Glenn, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, John. It's nice to be here with you today. I appreciate you having me. Um, really great that you're here. Uh, let's get right into the questions. So. Uh, All right. Tell our audience a little bit about what you want people to know about
1: tinnitus. Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So for starters, uh, tinnitus is a lot more prevalent than I think most people realize. Uh, And there's sort of a major lack of awareness uh, in the public. By most estimates, uh, I've seen estimates like that tinnitus affects like 10 to 15% of the population. So we're, we're actually talking... Hundreds of millions of patients uh, all around the world. And when the ringing or the sound never stops, it can completely devastate your quality of life. Um, now, tinnitus isn't actually a health condition in itself, it's actually a symptom of one of many, of, of many different conditions. Um, and it's not just that classical high pitched tone or ringing sound that a lot of people talk about. A lot of other noises are possible as well, from whooshing noises to chirps, beeps, clicks. Uh, roaring, static, electrical noises. There's, there's a lot of other possible uh, annoying noises that are involved with tinnitus. Uh, but the main thing that I, I want people to know uh, is that if you or a loved one is suffering from tinnitus, that there's real hope uh, for lasting relief. Th- there isn't uh, a cure for tinnitus currently, but thanks to this mental process called habituation, you can get to a place where it completely stops bothering you, uh, where your brain just tunes it out of your awareness like it would any other meaningless background noise and your quality of life uh, goes back up to what it was pr- uh, prior to the tinnitus. The problem is that most people just don't know that there's hope uh, because a lot of doctors are unfortunately not very well educated about tinnitus. And a lot of patients are told that there's nothing they can do or they, they just have to live with it. And, and it's not only not true, uh, but it can make the suffering worse because it, it amplifies their fear. And you know, a lot of times they'll go online and they start Googling tinnitus and they'll find a lot of like, really negative, scary um reports and that that doesn't help matters either. Um so it's a bigger problem than than people realize, but there really is hope uh for tinnitus over. So we'll, we'll get into some of those strategies for hope I'm, I'm sure today. Great.
0: This is is this is really helpful and very educational uh for me. I, I really wasn't um aware of tinnitus till uh we started discussing having you on the show. Um, I know you suffer from tinnitus yourself, so how were you able to find
1: relief from this? Okay, so my, my tinnitus was caused by this really um, severe inner ear disorder, uh, inner ear condition that I have called Meniere's disease. It's a, a chronic uh, disease, and it, they don't know what causes it. There's, there's no cure. Um, and it, the symptoms include, like, these violent attacks, of rotational vertigo where you feel like the room is spinning around you, uh, like a severe feeling of earfulness or pressure in your ears, uh, fluctuating hearing loss, and then loud tinnitus is, is one of the four primary symptoms. And in the early days of my diagnosis, my tinnitus was incredibly loud, like the loudest it's ever been.
0: But I was honestly
1: more worried about and focused on the vertigo and the hearing loss and, and some of the other symptoms. It wasn't until later on when I was able to start managing those other symptoms that the tinnitus became a huge problem for me. Uh, it, was, it was actually the one thing that I couldn't improve. Uh, and over time, it, it started getting worse because it, I was sort of, like, obsessing about it. Like, once I wasn't wor- worried about the vertigo and all the other symptoms, like, it was the one thing that was with me still. And it just, it was getting, it was starting to disrupt my, my quality of life uh, more and, and more and more. Um, but luckily, I, I, I accidentally stumbled onto these uh, to a few different techniques that completely changed the way that I react to the sound uh, emotionally, psychologically, and physiologically. Um, and ultimately, that enabled me to habituate and, and find the lasting relief that I enjoy now. Uh, so it started when I was in bed one night uh, trying to meditate, but getting very frustrated uh, because my tinnitus was so loud that I couldn't focus on my breathing. Now, I was an experienced meditator at this point. I'd been meditating for several years, um, and it was a big part of how I coped with Meniere's disease and just reducing anxiety and lowering stress. And, you know, anxiety is something I, I struggled with for a lot of my life. Um, but when the tinnitus was getting really bad, it it was it was so difficult to focus on my breathing that I almost gave up entirely. Like, I, I wasn't really able to meditate anymore. Uh, but, but that night in bed, I, I, I suddenly had this idea, like uh, this thought occurred to me. Uh, I, I, I thought, what would happen if I, if I just stopped fighting to ignore the sound of my tinnitus and I focused on my tinnitus instead of my breathing while I meditated? And it, and it seemed like such a crazy idea at first to, to, like, to focus on this thing that was driving me crazy. Um, but I decided to give it a shot, and I'm, I'm glad I did because it, it, it changed everything for me. Um, So just to give you a little bit of context, uh, John, um, so meditation involves focusing your mind onto like a single thing, a single point of awareness, whether that's your breathing or a mantra or like a part of your body. Um, And when your mind wanders, the idea is you you bring it back and and start over again. That's like the mental exercise of meditation in a way. Um, and, And the result of this mental exercise, when you practice it every day, Uh, are these states of calm and and relaxation. And so when I finally stopped fighting so hard to ignore the sound of my tinnitus during the meditation, the first thing that happened was that my mind wandered. But this time it wandered away from the sound. It wandered away from the sound, which is what I was focusing on. And it was like, you know, I was off sort of daydreaming for a moment. And when I, I brought, you know, I caught myself, brought my attention back. And then it sort of dawned on me that I hadn't heard my tinnitus at all for those few moments that my mind was wandering. So that was, that was very interesting to me. Um, and that was sort of the first aha moment, like that I was onto something. Um, and, I, and then I, so I kept going and I was, I found that I was able to finally uh, get back into that state of relaxation. And when I was finished after about like 15 or 20 minutes, um, I felt very calm and my tinnitus seemed quieter I, I don't think it was actually quieter. I, it just, it wasn't bothering me as much in that moment. So it didn't seem as loud. It, was, it wasn't affecting me uh, as much in that moment. And, of course, it, it, it ramps back up, but um, I, I continued to do this. Um, and over time, I was able to, like, it, it just started to improve, 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 Um And within a few weeks, my tinnitus had had gotten a lot better, like dramatically better. And this is, you know, um, what I understand now that I didn't really know then was that my brain was starting to associate this very positive state of meditation and and relaxation with the sound of my tinnitus, and it was creating a new uh, mental association, like a new conditioning uh, to replace the old conditioned response of like fear and anxiety and panic, uh, depression, suffering. Um, and, and and slowly but surely, uh, my tinnitus started to improve. Now, it wasn't like a linear thing where every day was a little bit better. You know, spikes and difficult days are, are sort of part of the process, unfortunately. It's like an unavoidable part of the process. But I was moving in the right direction. Like, I did have a very real sense of that. And over time, uh, I got to this point where it, it stopped bothering me uh, entirely. And I've, I've since expanded on that original basic uh, meditation exercise. And I, and I wrote my book to, to teach people to habituate with these tinnitus-focused meditation techniques, but also a lot of other coping strategies to deal with stress and anxiety, to improve sleep, and, all, and a lot of other um, lifestyle factors that are affected by tinnitus. Also, because habituation takes a little bit of time, so it's important to try to uh, raise quality of life in the short term. Uh, but at the core of my strategy are the same tinnitus uh, focused meditation techniques that enabled me to habituate and, and find relief. And what that relief looks like for me, I think it might be helpful to kind of paint a picture of that uh, for the audience. Is about like 95 to 98 percent of the time, it's it's almost as if it's not there, even though it is there and it's still loud. Like if I if I stop and listen to it and focus on it, it, it it's there and it's loud. Um, but my brain just the rest of the time just ignores it and tunes tunes it out of my awareness, uh, like, completely. So it's an experience like it's gone, even though it's, it's not actually gone. So that's, that's entirely possible uh, and something that seems very counterintuitive but, but is a very real phenomena that, that everyone who has found relief from tinnitus has experienced in one way, whether they achieved it intentionally or whether it happened just naturally over time. So a lot of people just habituate over time without focused effort. Just, just over time, a lot of people do improve, uh, but not everybody does. So it, it's good that to learn. It can be good to learn these techniques um, and, and work towards habituation. So that's how I was able to find relief uh, for myself. And, and that's, uh, that, that's really a, a, a
0: great – I'm so glad that you were able to, and I'm so glad you were able to share your experience with our audience Uh, just sort of a follow-up question uh so none i assume you saw medical professionals when when this first occurred and none of them yes sort of recommended any of these types of techniques this is something you had to discover on your own is is that correct
1: yeah um yeah interestingly enough i mean I, i like many people i was you know i was told by an audiologist that there isn't really anything you can do you just have to live with it and and you know, I've, I've been doing this work for a few years now, and, I, and part of my work is I, I work with people all over the world one-on-one, just sort of a, like a health coaching type support system uh, for tinnitus patients. And almost everybody ha- has a similar story. Like I, I've, almost everybody I talk to that has tinnitus ha- at one point or another, ha- you know, has some variation of the story of a doctor just sort of saying, you know, at least one doctor telling them there was nothing they can do. And I think it stems – it's not that they they don't mean well or or – You know, it's just, there's just, for some reason, a lack of of education and understanding about, like, the the mechanisms of tinnitus. And um, now, this isn't certainly the only strategy for habituation. There are other strategies as well. Um, And I'm not even the first person to discover, like, to stumble onto, like, uh, meditation-based techniques. Like, mindfulness is a a big thing in the world of tinnitus research at the moment. Um, I, I was able to, for my own sort of strategy, I was able to kind of pick and choose pieces of of other strategies to support this but it's it's really unfortunate because it, you know when a patient goes to the doctor they're they're often you know it's suddenly like this problem they realize this problem isn't going away like they hoped it would you know a lot of people have that experience of temporary tinnitus after like a concert or something that's very common um but then when it doesn't go away and they start to panic they go to the doctor and then the doctor tells them you know there's nothing you can do like if if that doctor sat them down and was kind and compassionate and, and painted a picture of of a world where they were going to have relief and be okay, like that panic and fear response may have never, never fully kicked off and, and started this whole vicious cycle of suffering. And so it's, it's unfortunate that there is such a lack of, of education about tinnitus in, in the medical worlds. Um, certainly there are great doctors and great audiologists and people who are very knowledgeable about this stuff, but it's, it's rarer than I would have liked to see. And so a lot of people end up suffering as a result, uh, because there is hope, uh, there, there are strategies for relief and there's also a lot of like coping strategies and things you can do in the moment to, to deal with a difficult moment separate from the process of changing the way you react to the sound.
0: That's, very helpful, and it, it is. Uh, uh, I know. It's, I know that medical professionals have a fair amount to keep up on, but it really is kind of a shame yeah. that they yeah. they aren't discussing these types of techniques. And I and I do know there's um, some biases against sort of some of the meditation and other uh, sort of medical Sure, alternative health modalities. Right. Yeah. But it, exactly. Yeah. But. Uh, I kind of suspected that, that that this was something you had to discover on your own, so I wanted you to share that with our audience. Um, you yeah. know, our show is, you know, the majority of our audience um, are, are family caregivers. And um, I was wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about what caregivers could both look out for in their loved ones who may have tinnitus or have been diagnosed with it and what they can uh, – better do to support them when they're uh once it's been diagnosed
1: yeah so great question so there's there's a lot that uh caregivers can do actually maybe more than than most people would realize uh so in my opinion step one is it's always understanding and and compassion uh i think that's that's a pretty universal thing for caregiving in, in general but um you know like we talked a little bit about like tinnitus is potentially this very devastating condition um, and it can it can when it's bad it can really destroy uh, your loved one's quality of life and and the bigger issue is that it's invisible right so they, they won't ever look sick but their suffering is real um, their pain is real and and so just before anything else can happen just being the one who understands that like being the one to validate their pain and and understand what they're going through as best as you can and, and, you know, validate that their pain is real, I think is is a very important step in general. Um, But there's also a lot that caregivers can do to help their loved ones better cope in the moment. Uh, So one of the, one of the biggest challenges with, with tinnitus um, and this is, this is, this is still true, even as you're working to habituate and go, you know, doing the work and going through the process uh, is that tinnitus rarely ever like stays constant in volume or, or tone, and and so it, it, it often fluctuates or, or spikes. You, you, people commonly refer to these sort of fluctuations as, as tinnitus spikes, where the volume ramps up, or the intensity ramps up, or or the the tone of sound changes, or the quality of sound changes in some way. Um, and and when this happens, like you might, you know, even people who are managing well and have habituated to an extent on their own, like when it spikes or changing changes in some way, it can be very difficult to, to ignore still, right, to tune it out. Like it, it suddenly grabs your attention again and, and can bring the, the suffering back. Um, and when this happens, the, your loved one is having a very intense emotional experience. They're not generally thinking rationally or, or logically in that moment uh, because the suffering can be so intense. And so in that moment, there might be a lot of helpful things that your loved one can do to be more comfortable, more relaxed, to, to reduce the suffering, but to have that rational awareness, the, like even the presence of mind to get up and do something when doing something is anything else other than you know taking a pill and requires a little bit of energy. That's a that's a much greater challenge than I think most people realize. So uh, my my advice here would the caregivers would be to help your loved ones remember, or or to help your loved ones use the coping tools that can that can and reduce their suffering and improve their comfort in these moments so a few a few sort of helpful helpful things you can do so number one anything that helps them to relax mentally or physically this could be as simple as you know breathing exercises you know rub their shoulders give them a little bit of a massage you know that can relaxing your 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 physical body can help to calm your mind a little bit um, it could be as simple as just having helping them take a hot bath right like hot water or relaxes our muscles that's why why hot tubs feel so good. So anything that helps them to mentally or physically relax is an excellent coping strategy. Um, sound masking is another helpful strategy, assuming they still have uh, some of their hearing. Um, you know, you can use, uh, people generally think when you talk about sound masking is like putting on white noise or something similar to try to drown out the, you know, the sound of the tinnitus. And I, I hear people say, well, I don't like white noise. Well, the reality is it doesn't have to be white noise. Any sort of noise can, if, the, if it helps the person to drown out a little bit of the sound and and make them feel more comfortable is great. So music, radio shows, podcasts, uh, nature sounds, all, all excellent options that can help you cope in the moment. Um, In fact, sound masking, if, if you keep the volume of the sound lower than the volume of the tinnitus, it can actually even help to habituate. It can, because you're hearing the tinnitus at a lower volume and the idea being that over time, the lower volume is a little less bothersome and your brain can kind of adapt to it. Um, and then distractions like you can help to distract your your, your loved ones, um, whatever that might look like, whether that's going for a walk or what you know putting on a, a show or a movie on Netflix or, or engaging them in conversation or, or or doing some activity with them. all of these are, are very effective. Um, basic but effective coping tools that can help reduce suffering in the moment. Um, So that's always my, that's when people ask me about like, what can, what can I do to support my loved one with tinnitus? That's always like my first, my first sort of um, recommendation is just like one, help them to understand and and have compassion and, and validate their suffering and their pain, and then do whatever you can to help them be more comfortable, more distracted, um, more relaxed. I think that's probably the best starting place uh, to help someone who's struggling with tinnitus. And also encourage them to seek out a better doctor if, they're, if they've been told uh, that you know, there's nothing they can do. Uh, and also to encourage them to, to find a doctor or, or a, a, a habituation strategy and to put some effort into finding sort of that long-term relief as well as better coping in the moment. I think this is great
0: advice, and and, uh, I I know our audience will really appreciate it. Just one final question. So I I think this has been a great explanation of Tinnitus and how you can sort of support uh, your loved ones. Uh, How can our audience connect with you if they'd like to follow up with you and get more information or potentially speak with you?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, So I encourage everybody to – uh, take a look at my, my website, uh, my blog, rewiringtinnitus.com. Um There are dozens of articles and videos and free tools for all sorts of different things. Like I have a, um, a tracking tool that can help you figure out what, what triggers your tinnitus and exacerbates it. All sorts of great content to learn more about these strategies and, and, and find relief and better cope um, on my website, rewiringtinnitus.com. Uh, my, I have a book out uh, that I referenced before on Amazon. If you, if you just search tinnitus on Amazon, it's one of, it's usually one of the first things that come up, but the book is also called, uh, rewiring tinnitus, how I finally found relief from the ringing in my ears. Um, and also, uh, email as well. I, I can be reached directly, uh, at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N at rewiring tinnitus.com. I, I'm, I'm, I always encourage people to reach out if you have questions, if you want to connect, I'm, I'm always happy to, help and answer questions and, and, and provide support, whatever that might look like. Um, And I also work with people one-on-one as well. Like if anyone is interested in, in, in like more direct help, a more personalized uh, help with their tinnitus or for their loved one, um, you can, you can contact me through email or at my blog. And that's something that we can potentially work with as well.
0: Um, That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience and thank you so much for joining us today. As a guest, uh, this is—I uh, did not know much about tenetis, so I, this has been very educational for me, as, and I'm sure for my audience, our audience as well.
1: I'm glad. I, I'd I'd like, I appreciate you having me.
0: It's, it's been great, um, and I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Tune into our next show, uh, which is Caregivers Speaks on Tuesday, May twenty-eighth at two p.m. Our caregiver expert, Marjorie Papp Steinmetz we'll speak with Deborah Schaus about exploring creative ideas in the land of dementia. Th- and to learn more about e-care Diary and our upcoming shows, visit www.eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your own personal care diary tool. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, my address is... Um, my personal email address, if you'd like to reach me, is... J Mills at ecarediary. dot com. We can also we also have a Twitter um, address. It's ecare underscore diary. Uh, thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to having um, having you join us on our next show. And thank you, Glenn, for joining us. My pleasure.